Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Joey Graham, he looks at me. He said, Mike, you was about to fight Shaq? I said, man, forget Shaq. Shaq don't want nothing. Everybody's scared of Shaq, whatever. I'm mad right now. He said just like this to me. He said, Mike, what was your game plan? <laughs> like, look, look. Man, how's everybody doing? We want to welcome you into man, a really, really cool, really special episode of NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins, man. And, and, and listen, man, hold on, man. We have an NBA world champion. Yeah, you heard that. The Duquesne, yes, Duquesne, all-time leader in steals. This man is a, a new... York legend, man, and and hold on, man, for those are, for the for the real ones who who know the Amityville whore. Come on, man, Mike James, what's good with you, baby? Ryan, how you doing today, man? Good to be here. And, now hold on, dog. We ain't gonna just you ain't gonna come on here all chill. And you are the Amityville whore, dog. Where did this name come from, dog? Because Mike, I was a little scared of you. I was a young guy when I came in the league. I ain't gonna lie, I was a little scared of you, bro. Uh, I was a little intimidated because of the way that you played. You were real aggressive. You were uh, you were a, a ferocious guard. And I was like, man, I don't want to. I, I admit, I'm man enough to admit now. I ain't want to get into it with you. Know, you, you know what I'm saying? That's the way, the way you play, man. But hold on, man. I really feel some type of way seeing this name. Where did it come from, Mike? You know, the first, the original Amityville horror was a ball player named Shelton Jones mm. from Amityville. And he was like the man in the 80s, went to St. John's, was like the first player from our town to go to the NBA. And then as I started coming up, 
you know, I became like that guy in the town. And it's like, you know, people started calling me like the Amityville Horror. But it was always that original. So when I went on to play, I had a chip on my shoulder. And it was almost like I went into like a scene, you know, and I wore that name. Like I really wore that name. So I basically felt like I want to intimidate you when I play. I want to be tougher than you. And I want to scare you almost like the movie. So it was almost like when I was on the court, that's how I treated every every ball player that I lined up against. Like you scared, aren't you? Like I like that. Not for real, bro, because the one thing, you know, I would always scout my bigs, but I, I like to always consider myself, you know, the best pick and roll big defender in the league. Now, that, now whatever that means, it, 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 you know, I just I ain't going to mess up no coverage. I could run all the coverages. So like scouting you, I'd be like, damn, he dribbles so aggressive. Like it's pull up to the three. You know, you hit a three, you coming out the game or or it's he downhill. You get in the air on the shot fake. He drive like you, you dribble so aggressive, bro. Like you attack. I think you know we were at shout out to Vernon, uh, Vernon Maxwell. We had his golf tournament. I was telling you, bro. Like it's you and Dwayne Wade, and I probably say I wouldn't say Kobe. Kobe didn't like a lot of pick and rolls because he knew we, we we could trap him out of it. But like you and Dwayne Wade, the way you guys attack pick and rolls, bro. I feared it. Like what? Like bro, what is it, bro? Because your your dribbles. You know, a lot of times you teach the kids dribble harder to take you into your shot. Like. Every time you dribbled and you had a high release, so I'm like, I can't block the shot. What, what was it, dog? Where did that come from? It was that part of the Amityville horror, man. You know, one, I wasn't like being a New York guard. We are finesse. You know, we want to cross over. We want to make yeah, yeah, yeah. fall. But I was never the type to get bodies on the basketball court. Mm. I didn't have a God champ, God handle. For sure, I didn't for have sure. a Marbury handle. My handle was straight to the point. And, you know, that's basically how I played. Like, I'm not going to play with you. I'm just going to get an angle on you, and I'm getting straight to the point. And when I was in Miami, I think that's why you probably named Dwayne Wade because he's a, you know, he he grew up in that, in that um, Miami, um, under that Miami regime. They always taught me when you're coming off a of pick and roll, attack the big man's knee. Was knees. that Pat Riley? Uh, Pat, Pat Riley, he always he always mm. taught us attack the big man knees. No big man, whenever they jump out in the pick yeah, and roll, yeah. <laughs> they always move. If you attack their knees, they always gonna move their knees out the way. My man is trailing me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I cause that rotation. Now that rotation change by me getting past you. So now I'm downhill with you know the the sides on my side but with the offense. Now now it's three against two. Yeah, you you attack my knees. I'm clipping you, dog. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, real real talk. Me and Dwayne Wade, we good now, I, bro. Like my rule, Mike. <laughs> you gonna laugh when I say it. My rule: if you split the pick and roll, and I ain't get there, I clothesline you. Wow. Cause, wow. No, because I'm. <laughs> there's no help on the weak side. You're not gonna split my wow. pick and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clotheslining you, bro. If if you go. That's horrible. It's not That's horrible. horrible. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's almost disrespectful, bro, because, you know, later towards the end of your career, you know, the guards, a lot of moves, 
they would take it, especially Dwayne Wade. I got, he was so mad at me when I clipped him one time, bro. Um, y'all will run with the basketball. You know, D Wade, a lot of those Damian yeah. Lillard, those guys will run with the basketball. Chris Paul, you know, and, and it's a, it was illegal as heck, bro. They will run with the ball through the thing. So I'm like, no, I'm clotheslining you, bro. Like, I'm if you beat me, I'm clotheslining you because, you know, I'd always come out with the arms out, pick a roll, not trying to let yeah. you through, and I would take my hand. And I would close the gap with the guard. And I would, you know, I was always, you know, I would, I would kind of learn little nuances. I try to be seven feet sideways. So you you go through that. Yeah. I'm, I'm clotheslining you. Mike, I got to touch on something you said, bro. I'm sorry. We're going to go here. I know the show ain't even really got into it. But I feel like, or I want to ask you, Mike, I'm sorry. I'm going here, bro. As a New York guard, why don't you get your respect? I feel like I hear about the the Marberries, the Telfairs, the Stevensons, you know, like, the, the Tinsley's like, why don't you get your respect as a New York guard, bro? I'm going there. I'm sorry. It- you, you know, being being from Long Island, you know, it's always that challenge. They always saying that you're not from the boroughs. And mm-hmm. I played, you know, on the island. And I, I think that at one point there was a lot of guards that was above me from Who, New York. What guards? Name them, name them. I mean, from the Stefan Marberries to the, you know, you you could name you could name all the greats that played the game, you know, coming out of NBA from the street side to the professional side. But I just don't think that they respected me because I wasn't in the rucker, mm. you know, growing up. I wasn't one of the kids that grew up playing in uh, Tinsley Park and all the Brooklyn and the Bronx parks. You know, I came and showed my face, but I was one of those kids when I was young. I was overlooked, mm. so I didn't have no name. My name didn't come until I, I got I got better as I got older. And so that's when I started gaining my credit in the parks and in, in New York City. But by that time, everyone that's talked about when they talk about New York gods or New York guards, they always talk about them not from a professional level. They always talk about them from a high school and park mm. level. And so because of that, you know, of course, you're not going to put me in that, but you can't discredit what I've done in, for my career. I'm a double figure scorer for my career. I'm a, I went undrafted, you know, guys went to the, some of the biggest schools in um, college and I was an undrafted player and only player that only player that just beat my record recently was Fred Van Vliet hey. for being a <laughs> player go undrafted and average 20 points in the NBA for a season. You know, that's not an easy task. Okay. Okay. You know, and you know, it's funny. I know exactly what you're saying because I'm from Pasadena and a lot of the LA guys don't give that respect. Like, oh, he's from Pasadena. I'm from LA. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I grew up and definitely, you know, BD was the big homie. But like being an L.A. guy, the L.A. guys got that respect. They got that name. It was like, oh, he's from Pasadena. You know, like we won a Drew League pass, uh, championship for the city. Me and my boy Horace, uh, uh, Frank, Malcolm Thomas, all them. And it was the mindset like, oh, Pasadena won it? Like, oh, no, nah, they not. They not L.A. unified. They not L.A. So I, uh, Darrell Wright. Uh, shout out Darrell, man, and, and those boys were heated, like like heated, mad at it, like oh you won the you won the Drew blah blah, like even the announcer was like oh congratulations, you know, like but it's definitely yeah. I know that mindset, like you're not gonna get I'm not I'm not I'm a Pasadena cat, I'm not gonna get out so shout out to the city of Roses, you know that respect. Hold on, Cameron and Mace actually hooped, they were real hoopers. We're gonna find out coming up next from Mike James.
Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Okay, hold on, hold on. Normally, we like to jump, but New York City you, it has such a, a rich history on, on that hoop. Um, you play high school ball against Cam and Mace, man. Is that true? I got it. Hold on, I got to get the four one here, man. Get, date me on this, man, because you know we know them from the from from the hit records, man. But talk to me about that. Shout out to their show. Uh, what, what were they like playing? I mean, that game, we really couldn't um, judge what they did because they didn't have their best games that game. But I can remember one time Mace was like, uh, Mace was uh, bringing the ball up the court and something happened. And he had like a, like a booger in his nose. And my boy was like, yo, my man, yo, you got something on your face. And he was like, yo, don't worry about that. Like, leave that alone. Don't worry about that. 
So then we was like, all right, like, you going to just play like that? Like, cool. So I guess it was like an intimidation factor or something. So he played like that the whole game with, like, this book in his nose, a big one. And then at one point, like, we was about to scuffle with him, and Mace came up to us and was like, yo, we could play basketball or we could do a little bit of these. We could do a little bit of these. <laughs> but we beat them. I had a pretty good game that game. It was my sophomore year. You know, and um, that was like the one of the big tournaments in uh, New York was the Doc Turner tournament. That was the last year of it. That's when that big stampede happened in uh, New York City with uh, Puff Daddy and all that happened. But at that time, it was one of the biggest tournaments in New York, high school ball. So hold on, hold on. Give me more context here. So were, were Cam and Mace nice? Were they were they cold high school hoopers? Were they were they known? As, were they well, was their team stacked? Like what were they? I'll put it this way. I can't speak on that because I'm from Long Island. I didn't start playing city ball until college when I really started going uptown, you know, to play in like the parks and the um, tournaments and the rucker and all that. I didn't start really doing that. So I don't really know them. You know what I mean? He talks like he, you know, he had a pretty good respect or credibility in the game. And a lot of good ball players from New York say, yo, before Mace got into, I mean, before Cam got into the music, he was really like one of those dudes. So, and you, you got to give him some credit. He has some all, all conferences. He has some all city um t- trophies, which means that during that era, it was a lot of good basketball players coming out of New York. And for you to be recognized as a top player, you know, you got to um, tip your hat. But at, at, at some point when you stop, everybody else keep going. Well, then you ain't going, of course, you, you're going to fall off. You ain't going to be the same sure. player that you were. But maybe if he would have stuck with it, maybe he would have started training. Who knows what would have happened, you know, with his career. Would he have been the right size? Would he have had the athleticism? You know, the skill level at that at that stage, For everyone's sure. good. But then you're going to start separating yourself, you know what I mean, when you start going to college and then trying to make it to the pros. So we don't know if you would have made it to the NBA. That's a whole nother dog. Maybe you're. Maybe. <laughs> For sure. Know. For sure. You probably would have sure. made a doctor playing um, professional ball. But, you know, you've made a hell of a career for yourself in the music business. Okay, so 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 we're clear. We certifying Cam and Mace. At least at a high school level, they were certified. You had to bring it they against them boys. There. They were out there. Okay, okay, okay. Where, where, where? So before that middle school, I can't speak after 17. <laughs> <laughs> respect, bro. R- respect, man. It, it just seemed like New York, you know, had so much... Uh, just, just talent, man. Just a lot of talented brothers, man. And it's cool to see the, uh, the, the progression, man. All right, now, now you get to Duquesne, brother. For, for one, you did your thing at Duquesne. Let's fast forward. You kill it. One of the greatest players to ever wear the jersey there. You don't get drafted. What, what did you do draft day? Was there a draft party? Were you just like, if I'm drafted, I'm drafted, dog? Was it I'm going to the league? Uh, take me back to, well, hold on, how old are you now? Are you, are you 21, 22-year-old Mike James, man? Talk to me about draft day, bro, because you to me, you never forget it, you know? So I don't know where it's still with you, yeah. but you killed Duquesne. What were the expectations and what happened from there? I mean, they told me I was a late first round, early uh, second round draft pick and not getting drafted. Who told you, know, you that? Go- Who told you that? Uh, my agent. My agent at the time. You know, Who's your and, agent? Uh, well, uh, what was his name? Frank Martin. Okay. Was, his, was my agent at the time. And 
I didn't really understand, you know, I didn't go to no draft. I didn't go to no pre-draft camps and so no workout. So no one got to see me. No one knew Dang. what I was doing. They went, I didn't get invited. I didn't even get invited to Portsmouth. And so Dang. I was the first all Atlantic 10 guard, you know, came out same year, Katino Mobley, all those guys and those guys. And so, you know, I'm watching it on television. Don't hear my name. I'm at my house watching it with my cousin. All right, I don't hear my name. I'm seeing all the guys that I killed in, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in school getting drafted before me. I just go in the park and I just start playing. You know, hold on, hold on. The day of the draft, you go to the park, bro? Yeah, it's like a park right next to my house. So you don't you get know? drafted I, and go straight to the park. I just go shoot. I gotta see I gotta let some steam off. I don't I gotta <laughs> figure out what the next move is. You know, and in my head, it's just like, man, this is crazy. Like, I at least wanted the opportunity. I wanted a chance and never getting that opportunity a chance. You know, the only thing that I had was go overseas that first year. Man, um, I'll ask this. Why go overseas? Um, was there a point where you go, uh, I, I don't, maybe this basketball thing ain't it. You, you know what I'm saying? And And then when did you realize, like, hey, like, I'm an NBA player. Like, you know, there's some overseas guys that never stop thinking they're NBA players. And some guys go, I'm going to go play 10 years overseas and make some good money. I'm I'm good, yeah. man. That is that is what it yeah. is, you know. Um, My first year in Europe, you know, made like 30000 Didn't have no teams looking at me. And, okay, won a championship. Next year, I made like 35 40 Then... Okay, then the five that third year, I signed with a uh, I signed with a team in uh in France, and you know I'm I'm starting to get MVP votes and all of this stuff for that year. So now I'm like, okay, now things are starting to um turn, and then I play in uh, France, I play in France um um that year in Nancy, and no no no, I played in uh, Chalon and Champagne, and then I went that following summer after my third year in Europe. So I played three years in Europe, but I was everyone that I played against. I was always outplaying everyone. Mm. I was always the best player in the league. I wasn't just one of the best players. It was like, I'm icing in everybody. Not going Why to the here? league. <laughs> Why are you here? I, like, you know what? I can still go to the league because no one has shown me that there's a level that I got to get to. For sure. Everyone is still, I'm still outshining, outplaying everyone in the league and guys that played in the NBA playing over there. So then I finally get an opportunity to go play the summer league with the uh, Miami Heat. It was like a, it was, no, I played in a Ed Pickney summer camp. Ed, Ed Pickney, Pickney shout out Ed Pickney, man. Ed, shout out. You know, Ed Pickney is who found me. You know, that's Word. how my career started. I played in the Ed Pickney summer league and, the first game, they didn't play me. We was playing against the USA Select team. Jason Williams, uh, Sean, uh, Steve Blake, all mm. those guys from the USA Hold on, Select Prime J-Will? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. J-Will was dude. dog, um, bro. And so the first game, you know, so it was like the best players that's playing in the Ed Pinkney Summer League playing against the USA Select Only team. Only Ed Pinkney could set something up like that, bro. <laughs> like, seriously, like he had a real <laughs> A nice league in you know, Miami at that time, and you know I'm I, I'm playing, and the first game they don't play me, and all of a sudden like I'm sitting there like man why the heck I come out here for this bull crap I'm yeah, mad yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. in my field. but the head coach for the USA Select team was Jay Wright 
you know, Villanova's head coach. Yeah. But he used to coach at Hofstra, which was my backyard. Word. And my whole life growing up, you know, we used to always go to Hofstra to play against the Hofstra players. And I used to kill them in high school. You know what I mean? Like, I used to always be going at them. So when Jay Wright saw me, he looked at Ed Pinkney and said, wait a minute, you got Mike James here? He said, Ed, let me tell you something. My One of my biggest mistakes that I've ever made in my career was he was in my backyard. He used to be coming to the gym every single day, and I didn't get him. Wow. I didn't know what he was going to be. But when I tell you this is a player right now, this is a player. Like, I made a mistake not getting him. So when he said that about me, Yo. Ed is like, okay, well, we'll give you a shot tomorrow. <laughs> so... You know what I mean? So when I get in the game, Steve Blake is bringing the ball up. Steve Blake couldn't bring the ball up like four straight times. Like four straight times, I ripped him right in the backcourt. Got to lay up, got to lay up, got to lay up. They looking at me like, who the? Like, what? like, wait, wait, wait. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, so now Jay Will don't want to bring Jay Will don't want to bring the ball up. Steve, man, I'm at look. I'm I was different. A young Mike James was like a young Mike James was just an animal like I didn't understand like the level that I was like playing that but when you you know there's getting back to it there's three levels in sports that as an athlete there's the level of proving yourself every kid is going to come in trying to prove themselves they will they believe that they belong and they're going to showcase that right there then the next level is you're going to play at your level your, your, your skill level you're good you're happy, you're satisfied, life is good, you ain't going to do too for much sure, more. For you know, sure. you, you come into your own. And then there's the level of greatness. That's when you're playing against the history of the game. Ooh. See, there's them, there's certain guys that they looking at they looking at their opponents like, I'm not even playing against you. I'm playing against the records. Yeah. I'm trying to do something. I'm, there's something. So the way I train, the way I work out, everybody look at you like you're crazy. But it's like, no offense. It has nothing to do with you. It's something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in my career. And the thing is, me personally as a player, I've only made it to the have to prove myself. I could never get out of the proving myself. Mm. So every year of my career, of my life, it was always yo. I was the 14th, 15th man, and I got to make the roster. Facts. I'm the third, fourth guard, and I got to make the roster. Facts. Now I'm starting. Now I'm the backup averaging 20, 30 minutes, but I don't come in with no expectations. No one, even when I had a good season the year before, they always say, oh, you're a year or you're a, you're a year um, older. Oh, you're a year. You can't do what you did last year. That's just, you know, that's just something, but it ain't you. For so sure. my fight, my whole career was trying to fight the fact that what y'all think I am is completely, I'm telling y'all, this is real. Like, I'm really passionate. I really, I'm really like this. But everybody thought that it, because it was me, that it was a fraudulent. No, nah, man, I know exactly. And, and here's the thing. Like, as for, for one, you are in the top. I think there's only 2,500 NBA players ever. Like, do the math. There's only 2,500 players that have ever played in the NBA. So you're already a one percenter. But my understanding was always, look, as a seven-footer, you know, when I first came to City League, you had to have four seven-footers, four power forwards on the team. So I'm like, look, man, if I can walk and shoot bubble gum, you know, don't get in no trouble, I'm going to give myself a shot to play in the league. As a guard, they always say, as guards, you got to do more because y'all a dime a dozen. I can go find a six-foot guard. I can go find a six-foot guard anywhere. So what you're saying is right on point of like, nah, 
you got to go three for four from three, five for six. Like you can't have off days. Like, man, I understand um, 100% what that is. But like as a guard who comes in, oh, you a score, especially then you had to score every single night, bro. Like you had to get it every night. All right, so, Mike, I feel that. Like, that ain't, that's a different level of respect. You know, hey, I'll bring this up. They was mad at me when I had Harden for MVP over Giannis. Why? Because what James Harden was doing was impossible, bro. Not that we're not respecting Giannis or we're not a big fan of his work ethic and thing, but what James Harden was doing was darn impossible, hitting contested threes and, and having his team in playoff contention. So, um, I, hats off to you, brother. Let me, so let's let's fast forward. Pat Riley gives you a chance. You learn things from him. You go into camp. Uh, you you grind. What was this like, man? Were you just on your savagery? Like, what was going on, bro? You finally make it, but it sounded like you don't feel like you made it. Getting back, getting back, you know, to the, the um the, the um getting into the NBA. Well, going to that um tournament at Pinckney's um summer league. Um, played well that year. Ed telling them, yo, this kid, Mike James, I'm telling y'all, y'all got to come see him. So my daughter was born, went back home. And while my daughter was born, some uh, Jay, Jamar Robinson got signed. He got signed from the uh, camp so, mm. uh, ahead of me. And I went back to Europe that year. So why, were now these guys, why were these guys getting signed? Because they were taller than you? Because you said they didn't feel like you you could score at the NBA level? What? Why were they being picked up over you? And hold on, I'm, I got to say I'm, this, Mike. You are the all-time leader in steals. I know you for getting buckets, yo. I, 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 I'm laughing because you're a steals guy, Mike. I ain't know about the defense. I'm a jack-of-all-trades, but the thing is, in order for me to play, especially in Miami, I had to play defense first. This is how I got on the court. So I used defense to get me on the court. Mm. And then I can showcase my uh, then I can showcase my skill. I'm a first knockdown open threes. So now I'm a first run the offense, make plays, make people look happy about playing with me because I'm getting the ball in the right place, not turning the ball over, running offense, knocking down For open sure. shots, playing hard defense. Now you're gonna give me a consistency. Now I can show you my offense. Now I can really now I can play a little more mm. comfortable because you I'm, I'm known for one thing, but now I can show you other things. And so it was just being in Miami. Pat Riley said that next year I, I signed with a um I go to a three day camp with uh with the Heat. He says, "Yo, it was like a hundred people, like fifty some people there." He was like, "Yo, killed everybody." He said, "Mike, we couldn't evaluate you in three days. Can you stay for another week?" I said, "Yeah." So stayed another week. They brought in about another five, ten of um free agents. Killed all of them. He said, "Mike, we couldn't evaluate you in uh, a week. Can you stay another week?" So I wound up staying the whole summer, um, <laughs> signing a partial guarantee that year. And then from there, Rod Strickland came to the team. They, I was the last cut on the in the game. I was the last cut, and I said, "You know what? Okay." I made it this far with the NBA. I'm going back overseas. Get me some money. Playing a EuroLeague team now. This is what I was thinking. Um, Chet Cameron, who was the head scout for the Miami for Heat, sure. he said, Mike, out of sight, out of mind. You have shown something this year. If you if you um, leave now, you will. Um, they'll forget about you. So I said, dang. So I went to the CBA. I was playing for the Rockford Lightning with uh, Stacey King was the head coach. This is when you asked me, was there ever a turning point mm. when I wanted to give up on the game or quit the game? This was the time. My first five games that I was in the CBA, I probably averaged about two for 25 shooting a game. Mm. 
I couldn't hit nothing. Missing layups, missing jump shot. Miss, I couldn't hit. Was that because you felt like you sh sh didn't belong there? What 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 was? I don't know. Mentally, yeah, of course, I felt like I didn't belong there. But this, I understood also. I swallowed my pride. And just this, if For this sure. is some, this is um, a, a stepping stone in what I'm trying to accomplish in my career. Well, then, well, I got to go this route. And being there, like the first five games, I was horrible. I'm talking about averaging like freaking six, seven turnovers, shooting like ten percent. <laughs> So after one game, we lost by like one, two. I, I shot another two for 30, one of them type games. I'm on the phone with my wife. I'm crying. I'm like, yo, I can't do this no more. I'm like, I can't watch this. I I, I, I demand more from myself. I put in too much work to get in the game and mm. see myself playing like this. So then after that conversation, you know, she's like, hold on, whatever. The next five, the next two weeks, I was player of the week in the CBA. I was averaging like 38, 15 assists, 12 rebounds, like seven steals. Like I completely like annihilated. I was killing everybody in front of me. It was crazy. But then, um, actually, this is my biggest regret of my career. Greg Popovich, mm. the San Antonio Spurs called me. This is before Tony Parker came. Mind you, yeah. I played against Tony Parker the year before, destroyed him when he was at PSG. So uh, Tony Parker knew me. Before I even came, before he came to um, NBA, when I was on the bench and he saw me, he was like, Mike, bonjour, da, 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 because I was like, I know you. Like, <laughs> you sure. know me. Like, don't even trip. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Pop had, like, Pop signed me to a 10 day. And I was so excited. I called my people from the Heat and was like, yo, I can't believe it. I'm about to go to, I'm about to go to San Antonio. I'm signed. Like, are y'all, like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. said, wait, what? I'll call you right back. I ain't know nothing. I was like, all right, hung up. So then 10 minutes later, the GM calls me and is like, yo, we're going to guarantee you for the remainder of the year if you come back and we'll, we'll, we'll like, uh, we're going to. So in my head, I'm a young boy. I don't have no, I don't know who Popovich is. I don't know. Yeah, 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 I yeah, don't yeah, know that yeah, 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 yeah. He would have <laughs> freaking loved a player like me. You know what I'm saying? On his team. And he would have probably honed a player like me. But at the same time, when I heard that, yo, you guaranteeing me 10-day contract. Like, I got to prove For myself sure. all over again. I'm on, I'm going back to a place that I, I'm, I'm, I'm already familiar. I already know. I said, man, I'm going to Miami. And the funny thing, I signed with Miami, and, you know, that's when my NBA career started. All right, so so you get to the league, you're finally on, you still got that chip on your shoulder. I can I can feel that chip because I played my whole career with a chip, dog, and I, I you know I play hard. Right. You know my chip is there. Um, is there somebody who gave you the absolute business, dog, that you didn't see coming, you didn't know it was, or just dog just out of nowhere? Was there anybody who just lit you up like, man, I gotta. I got to go get this defense thing back in alignment. Somebody who snuck you. And it, it, it could be a big name guy. It could be somebody people don't even think. Shoot, I, I always tell the story. Othella Harrington, too, big Othella, took me to the other end after practice one day and wore me out, dog. It wore me <laughs> out, bro. Was there anybody, you know, once you get in, kind of like you talked about levels to this, like, that? he snuck me that time. Like, he got Why me. <laughs> um, and Ooh. when I came back to Miami, my chest is out. I'm a, like I'm I'm growling yeah, yeah. I'm growling at everybody at the um, guard position now. 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting on this court, and ain't nobody stopping me. I used to be in practice, like, man, I'm picking you up 94 feet. I'm going to turn your old butt about five, six times. I said, I'm about to kill your old butt. Like, this is how I'm thinking, because he was old. You know, he was about to retire in another sure. year or two. And so, the I'm, I'm, I'll guard him. I'll turn him once. I'll turn him twice. He gone. And I used to always be like, how the hell do he keep beating me off the dribble? If yeah, I'm on a yeah, pick yeah, and yeah. roll, and as soon as I go like this, he's gone. I didn't even look long. I'm Rod Strickland yeah. had me picking him up, not at half court. I was meeting him at the screen. I didn't help. I because he embarrassed me so much. And he's <laughs> slow. He's not athletic. Yeah. He's he's just skilled. He's going to jump this high and he's going to get wherever he wants. And I used to be on the, I used to be in practice like, how? How? How is this dude sure. keep doing this? <laughs> that rally used to cuss me out every day in practice because I just couldn't guard him. And I had no idea. I had, he was the only person that I, I had, I didn't have an answer. I couldn't even, I couldn't even define it like what he was doing out there. It made no sense to me. Man, and Rod Strickland, man. Rod Strickland. There's like a group of OGs that if you know hoop, they're your favorite basketball player. You have a couple like Rod Strickland, Rasheed Wallace, Clifford Robinson, Big Dog Glenn Rob. There's certain just OGs in the game that have that unit. Nick Van Exel, certain OGs got that have that love of the game. They may have not been the highest pinnacle, but you man, shout out Rod Strickland. He was definitely one of those guys. Tell you another player, Tim Hardaway. Ooh. Second year. My second year at Miami, my first year, you know, he was still coming around. All his friends used to call me Baby Timmy. He didn't like it, though. They used to always be that. like, don't remind you of you, Timmy. Don't even mind that Baby Timmy. So <laughs> he used to get bothered by that, you know, because I used to hang around like some of the same people with him. So we used to go to Miami um, high, high to um, play. And this one, this one day in the gym, games are like 11, 12, Twos and ones, I think he scored ten and had an assist. And he hit like a he hit it like a Stephen he hit like a Stephen Curry like the last point on one of the plays. He hit a Stephen Curry three, like one step over. Like I'm mad right now because I'm trying my hardest to stop him and it's nothing I can do. <laughs> he embarrassed me so hard that day. I left the gym. I didn't return for that whole summer. That whole entire summer, I went back home. Like, I went back home, and I trained, and all I thought of that whole summer was him. All I thought of was that embarrassment from what he did to me in that gym that day. Like, he, and he's old, mind you, he's yeah, old. Yeah, Timmy. yeah, he yeah. <laughs> you got to remember this. I'm the young, up-and-coming, little mean little stud yeah, coming yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. He's knees hurt, bone on bone, you know what I'm saying? When I tell you he destroyed me so bad, he made me leave Miami. I went back to um, I went back to Texas where I was living, and I was like, I'm done for the summer here. I'm going home, and I'm going to train at home. But I thought of him the whole summer. But the next summer, we was back at Miami High. I was so happy. When I saw him, I gave him I gave him like eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. he didn't score a point. And <laughs> somebody else scored one bucket. Yeah, yeah. But in my head, it was like redemption. <laughs> like redemption. Like, man, you're going to hold this today. You ain't going to never do that to me again. Like, 
I felt so redeemed after that game when I killed him, but I was a little mad that somebody else scored one point because I wanted to give him all 11 back, like what he did to me. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you know what's funny? That's when we talk in real hoop talk because you get petty like that, bro. Like, like you, if you lose a matchup, if you really love hoop, you're going to be – I never forgot Joe Kim Noah from the national championship. I never forgot him from that game. Like, if I saw Tyson Chandler, he was – I grew up watching Tyson. I was giving Tyson 200% playing against him. So you have – you're absolutely right, bro. Those matchup positions, that pettiness, you thinking about – you know, you think about those guys. Hey, shoot, hey, way back in high school, Josh Childers. Josh Childers was darn near Kobe Bryant, bro, in high school. People don't know that. They beat us in yeah. Mayfair. I ain't never forgot Josh Childers. You know, I ain't never forgot him from that day, man. Shout out, uh, Josh, by the way. All right, and we brought you down, man. One thing we like to do, we're going to bring it back up, Mike James. So, Mike, Mike, this isn't your career high, but we got you going off for 31 piece with five, 31 to five, a little night, a little night, something light, man. Talk us through this, man, because you had, you had yourself a nice little opportunity there in Toronto where you got a chance to cook. When we like to call this show the NBA Rookie Life Film Room, where we, we watch the film, we get to talk on the film, man. We're we going to have some fun, man. What was going on in this game here, Mike? Do you remember this, man? Because, you know, it seemed like you still had that chip on your shoulder, dog. You know, playing in uh playing in Boston, you know, playing with Paul Pierce, playing with those guys, every day was like a doghouse in practice. Shout out Marcus Banks. Marcus Banks was one mm. of those guys that really prepared me because he used to go at me his rookie year, you know, when I was in um Boston sure. with him. And he used to prepare me for the games. Funny story. One time we was playing against Boston, Paul was looking at me. And Paul was like, man, I'm blowed, Mike. I'm blowed. I said, Pete, what you talking about? He said, man, this is crazy, yo. I said, what? He said, man, Doc told us in shoot-around this morning, the same way we prepare for Allen Iverson, we're going to prepare. We're using the same strategy that we're using for Allen Iverson. We're using for you. I'm sitting there like, Ho, ho, Doc. Like, you're tripping right now, dog. Like, this is not the same player. And I still had 30 that game, but it was such a compliment for to be able to be, be able to play at a high level and not just and not just be not just believe in myself about my skill, but not be the only one that believe in my skill. But now the world was able to get to see me, even if it was for one season, the world really got to see me in my comfort zone. How about Mike James? How about Mike James? Another three-pointer. Well, he's put doing his LeBron James imitation tonight. He's got <laughs> he's six for six from behind the three-point line. Yeah, well, the one thing I know from playing against you, Mike, is you had a high release. So when you got to your midi, it was so efficient that the ball was over your head. So even as a big man, you couldn't get to it. You're a physical guard. You love the contact. And then you couldn't shortchange the closeout because you caught that ball at the top of your head and it was gone. It was, it was, a, it was a quick release. But, you know, one thing I like to teach kids is stepping into your jumper aggressively. You would step in so aggressive. Guys can't just close out too hard because you feel like the drive is coming, man. So, man, you're, you're absolutely right, man. Man, as you bring up a legend, man, what was it like, man? Did you have a chance to square off a little against AI, some prime AI, uh, you, you know, in your time? What what was he like, man? Because you're right. That was a, that was a, hey, man, ain't too many people got the the nickname. You the question and the answer, dog. Shout out AI. Hey. Um, what, what was AI like, man? Man, AI, 
I always say this about who reminds me of Allen Iverson today is John Morant. John Morant plays mm. bigger than what he is. He's like a seven-footer on the basketball court. For sure. You know what? For sure. And that's how Allen Iverson was. As small as he was, he was so relentless. Like, every possession, he's determined to get to the basket. He's determined. And it's like, dog, like, take a possession off. Like, pass the ball yeah. to somebody. But he was like a giant out there. And so you had to match that. I think one of the biggest compliments that Allen Iverson gave me one game, I had like a big game against them one night before when I was in Toronto. So we in Philadelphia playing and he was matching up with me. I think Larry Brown put him on me and we about to, we about to um, do the tip off. And Allen yeah, Iverson yeah. goes up to Andre Iguodala like I'm listening. And he said, man, I'm not guarding this dude tonight, man. Yo, you guard Mike James, man. I'm not chasing this dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting there like, okay, that's a little respect right there. <laughs> My peers, when they knew that they was playing against Mike James the night before, they didn't go to the club. They didn't party. They wasn't drunk. They wasn't having, they like, yo, I'm going to bed. I got this fool tomorrow like ain't no telling like for sure i got this food tomorrow that's going to be full of energy and he's coming on both ends like players didn't play with me how, how do you feel watching today's nba where they're like because here's the thing that people don't know the league that we came into was very position based your point guard would pass the basketball your two guard would shoot your three guard could shoot and defend either somewhere in there. Your power four could hit a mid-range. It was molds you fell into. Your power four was 6'10", 6'8", to 6'10". He hit a mid-range. And then your center, you know, had to be able to hold ground and rebound. So you didn't fall into those categories. But today's NBA, score, score, score. Ain't no big man in the paint no more. Go get buckets. How do you feel watching today's NBA? I feel like there's a number of guys that came up in a different era. The three ball is, is welcome. Pull up court. If it's one on one, you hit that side step three. These were your shots, bro. You were shooting what we call bad shots, but you made them consistently. These are shots. If you can't shoot them, you can't play in today's NBA. How do you feel watching it? And what do you see with the evolution of the game? And then you could follow up with are these big guys going to start hitting these threes and really change the game? So how do you, how do you feel about it, man? I always make the statement. I made the statement to you before when we was playing. You know, the difference between the era when we played and the difference between the era today is when we played, everyone was everyone had a motor. Everyone played hard. Everyone had intentions on the court, but it was your skill that separated you. Everyone wasn't the same skill level. Now, everyone is the same skill level. No one, you're not going to get really tricked by too many players. For, for when for you sure. talk about the logistics, everyone's going to be able. They're going to be fast at the guard position. They can shoot the three. There's certain things that you can do, Thanks. but not everyone plays with a motor. So not everyone plays hard. So and I think that this is where, if I would have played the game today, not even just the way I, the, the different ways I can score the game, the place where it would have been, where I would have my my presence would have been felt even more was my energy, my motor. You know, I think that this is where it would have separated me because a lot of guys wouldn't have wanted to play against me because I would have been 
playing at 100% for 48 minutes and I wouldn't have took off against you. I would have been trying to figure out how to turn you in the backcourt. I'm trying to figure out how to take away your speed from you. I've never heard that that the skill would separate you when watching today's basketball. The skill was set, the the motor would separate you where everyone has a skill rather than saying, oh, I would just go average tw 15 to 20. Well, averaging 15 to 20 is not the same thing as averaging 15 to 20 then, but the motor now is different because these guys don't have the motor. I, I love how you put it. I've never heard all someone right, say that. Right. Imagine not even talking about me playing the game right now. You was considered you know, a good backup, a good role player. You was considered a good locker room player during an era when the center position was a quality position. Imagine you, outside of even being able to shoot the three ball, but the way, the way you, your motor that you played with then, imagine you playing with, you ain't got to change nothing about the way you played the game, just the way you played the game you would be one of the top centers in the game today. You, you know what's funny? Outside of like a center that can go one-on-one -on -one yeah. like a Joel Embiid, you will be a center that can catch alley-oops, that can rebound, got great hands, going to be a great defensive presence. Are you kidding me? You know what's crazy? You know how like, everybody switched? Like, I used to love guard. It was easier for me to guard the perimeter than the paint. <laughs> but I had to learn no. to guard paint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, seriously, yeah, yeah. because guys play with the ball, and that's one of the things I always knew with you. When you come off a pick and roll with you, don't come off playing with that ball because your hands is constantly moving, yeah, yeah. and you're going to poke at that ball, and you're going to get a steal, or you're going to get a swipe, or you're going to make me. So it was just, okay, I know I'm playing against Ryan tonight, and I know this fool was going to come out like crazy off a of screen, so I got to attack him as hard as he attacked me and try to get this foul. Couldn't stand you. So, <laughs> I, for, you know, it's funny you say, I was trying to scare you from doing that, and you like, he too aggressive, I'm going to get a foul. <laughs> Facts. I got I to get him out the game. He too aggressive. Plus, he ain't going to let me have no freedom. Really, I want to shoot the three coming for off sure. the screen. And I got to come <laughs> off and turn the corner. He's going to make me do something more. So if I'm lackadaisical, I'm going to get a turnover playing against you. Mike, you, you, speaking of versatile big man, I learned I learned every little thing I could when I got a chance to soak it up from one one of the league's uh, best to ever do it, Kevin Garnett, man. Um, when I talk about KG, man, God bless him, man. I feel like I I, I played I, my career got extended because of him and the things that he taught me. You got a chance to play with Minnesota KG. Um, in my opinion, he's the best overall player to ever play the game of basketball. When I say the best overall player, he could shoot the three, he could dribble, he could post, he could fade away, he could guard all five positions. I feel like Kevin Garnett was the most versatile player to play the game. Michael wasn't going to get down and guard your center, okay? KG was going to get out there and guard one through five. What was prime ticket like, Mike? Ticket crazy. <laughs> ticket, ticket crazy. You know, and I loved his energy. You know, you know you're going to get 110% from him every single night. You know he's going to fight on both ends. And he's going to try to do anything possible to help the team win. And that was the beauty about Ticket. You know, I think that um, he's just a winner. And he makes his teammates better. And he's going to give you 20 and 10 every single night. He might give you 30 and 20, but you can guarantee 20 and 10 every single night. That's that's crazy. And he's going to guarantee the feeling and the emotion. And if there's no energy, he's going to be the energy. 
Did you ever feel like, because I felt like this when I got a chance to play with KJ and he was older, bro. He was 36, 37. Did you ever feel like, dang, I thought I played hard. This joker make me got to go to another level. Um, I, I, I don't think, you, you got to think, you got to understand though, it's not that KG played hard. KG had a real methodical game. He played really slow. So it wasn't that he was playing at a fast energy. He just played with a high motor. Mm. He was constantly moving. He was constantly talking. He was constantly screaming and yelling. It was just everything about him was just, Ah! <laughs> you got to play against that. So imagine yeah. somebody for 48 minutes is in your ear just going, ah! and you just like, seriously, like, I got to hear this, but it's like, do something about it if you don't like it. Hold on. Don't don't go anywhere. We're going to hear the ins and outs of the Pistons championship. Mike James was a part of it. He's going to let us know how they guarded and were successful against Kobe and Shaq. Coming up next on NBA Rookie Life. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet rocking boat. 
So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Now, uh, Mike, this is probably, I've been waiting to ask you about this for a long time. You win a championship, brother, uh, with the Pistons. A lot of people don't get that opportunity, man. A lot of people play their whole career. Um, we want to run through, we, we need the ins and outs of this because you dethroned a dynasty uh, over there with the Pistons, man. Um, talk to me first, Shaq and Kobe, man. What was the game plan for those two? Um, did you guys feel confident that you were going to win the championship? Um, how was it going into that? Like this was a, a legacy. This is arguably the greatest duo to ever play the game of basketball by far the most talented in their primes. You guys dethroned them, the hardworking blue collar Pistons. Talk to me about this, Mike. Man, you had you had first of all, on when after the trade, when they brought in Rashid and myself. You had 12 starters on one team. Like, and, but sure. then you had players play, they accept roles. Everyone started, mm. everyone accepted they role. Everyone was crazy, but we was, <laughs> we was, such, For sure. we was such a, like a family. You know, I've never, it was the only time in my career that I, I experienced it. Didn't experience it before and never experienced it no more again after. Rip Hamilton would get off the bus when we get to a city, be like, yo, we'll be downstairs in 30 minutes. Whoever coming to eat, coming. So it ain't no whispering, yo, you want to go over here? You want to yeah, go over yeah, here? Yeah, for you sure, want to go sure, to this right sure. here? I'm going to text message this one over here. You know, first yeah, round yeah. of the playoffs when we was playing against Milwaukee, we went out, we went out in Milwaukee and the whole team went out and we had a section. But we saw like two bucks over here, a couple of bucks. But we looking like a gang, like we like all thirteen <laughs> of us was like this on the walls, like. But when we used to go out, we used to go out like a gang, and it was like the most amazing thing. We went to each other's kids' birthday parties. I mean, sure. it would be twelve people at a two-year-old's birthday party. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't like. I never, I never experienced this before. You know, it, it'll be the whole crew is over at one person's house just kicking it. You know what I mean? And so that family unit was like that off the court and it carried on the court. And when we played against the Lakers at that time, we made we, we broke a record for um, um, keeping teams under 80 points during the 24, um, 24 second shot clock era. We like it was like maybe five or six teams in a row that didn't score eighty points against us, and we had we were so arrogant. It got to the point where we used to be like, "Yo," at the end of the season, it was like, "Yo, let's see if we can get this team not to score. Let's see if we can stop them from scoring sixty tonight. Let's see. We playing against Denver. <laughs> Nobody on the team. Carmelo Anthony. I think that was his rookie year when Denver was one of the top teams in the league in scoring. You know." Um, Nobody on their team had 10 points. Like we, everyone was six, five, four. So our defense was a, it was crazy. The Nuggets are in disarray. Like, quite frankly, we haven't seen them all year. It is 69-39. 
I'm flabbergasted. I am too, but again, guess what? Detroit isn't going to take it easy on you. They're going to keep drilling you. So take some pride, get your game going. We had no real defensive system. It was like Larry Brown didn't give us no traps. We didn't practice traps. We didn't practice yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Lindsey and I used to be, you know, our defense used to come from Lindsey and I, it'll come from the second unit. But we knew the only way that we could score was if we um get steals. Because Larry Brown used yeah, to test us out. He would say, I already got two <laughs> nuts at the guard position. I'll be dang if y'all two come in the game and shoot all the balls also. So we figured out, all right, I want to shoot. I want to get buckets, but I got to get steals. Yeah, yeah. So I would see Lindsey, and we'll sit next to each other. Rasheed used to call us pit bulls. And I would watch the guard, and the guard would dribble this way, dribble this way. And I'd be like, Lindsey, did you see that? And he'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, Lindsey, he can't go left. Look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn him. I'm going to turn him three times in the backcourt. And as soon as we get by half court, I'm going to go for the steal. He'd be like, I got you, Mike. So we would already have a game plan amongst ourselves. So we used to just mess the game up, you know. And I would just pick the guard up full court, turn him, try to go for the steal, make the guard spin. Lindsey would always get steals that way. Rip would be at half court. You know, he used to get excited when I come in the game because Chauncey wasn't playing defense like this, you know. So Rip knew we would get the steal and he would be at the top of the break for the dunk every single time. And I used to hate that. Oh, I used to hate that. And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it used to be filmed when we watched. Teams used to be so scared. We would have someone trapped. We would have a player in the corner, one player almost at the free throw line and another player stepped up and it'll be three players wide open and they can't see no one. Like we used to mess the, we used to mess the game up so much that everyone used to just be like hot potato. We made the game hot potato for everyone. And that's what, so when we played against uh, the Lakers in the championship, we was like, yo, Kobe and Shaq are great players. We can't, Ben is playing Shaq one-on-one. You know, Ben is an undersized center. Because Ben goes off in game five. He dropped 18, 18 points, 22 rebounds. Why would you play Shaquille O'Neal one-on-one with Ben Wallace? Talk to me. Look, before game one, Eldon Campbell played with Shaquille O'Neal. So we was we was going, we was um, doing shoot-around, and the Lakers was coming in. So, you know, everyone's shaking hands and what's up when guys know each other. And Eldon, and then Shaq said to Eldon, Yo, which way the double team coming from? Because I know y'all double teaming me. And Elder said, ain't nobody double teaming you, fool. It was let Shaq do him, let Kobe do him. The rest of the team won't score two. The rest of y'all, y'all ain't doing nothing. That was our game plan during that series. We can't stop Kobe and Shaq. But <laughs> I promise you this. We not gonna let we not gonna double team you and let Derek Fisher get twenty one because of yeah, open yeah, yeah. looks. We not gonna let Devin. We not gonna. Uh, we not gonna let um George get looks. We not gonna let guys get open looks based off of double teaming Shaq and Kobe. Yes. and now they feeding everyone else. No, we're gonna let Shaq and Kobe have thirty. That's sixty points. But the rest of y'all, man, y'all gonna average ten points as a unit. With the team, so that's seventy points. Y'all can't beat us. Y'all can't score enough because y'all don't have no. Because Kobe and Shaq don't have no help. Detroit ends it on a high note, and, and they just add exclamation point after exclamation point. Ben Wallace 
that the Detroit Pistons have just shocked the Los Angeles Lakers. Tell a coach, throw the game plan out the window. Like, you're about to play park ball against us. Like, and the funny thing is, you're not going to play with the, high, the same high energy on the defensive end with us. So we get to run whatever we want to run, and then when we score or don't score, we about to we we want you shooting the ball with 18 seconds on it. Just get the ball over the court and just jacking up shots because you think you open. But guess what? You're not doing. You're not running offense. There is you're not running your triangle. You can't even get in your triangle, which means that you can't throw three, four passes, backdoor cut. Him come down. Him set the screen over here. He come off. No. We trapping you. We messing the game up. So now you got to speed up. And I don't think there was absolutely nothing Kobe could have done about that. There was absolutely nothing. We, I believe in my heart, that Detroit Pistons team is one of the greatest NBA championship teams in the history. Like in the history. Why? Because you have 10 players that in their own right was hell of five ball players, which means that there's no letdown. You look at any other championship team, they only played seven um, seven man rotations. They may play an eight man rotation. You know what I'm saying? We was able to play a 12 man rotation. Only person that didn't play on our team was Darko Milicic. Other than that, other than that, like, they basically, who's Mimino Core? All of a sudden, Mimino Core comes from nowhere and he's killing. Then you got Darvin Ham. Then you got Eldon May get a 10 and 10 one night. Then you have, we're not talking about one of the greatest um, starting five probably never played a game, but those guys that was coming right behind them. You can't forget Big Nasty, Carlos Williamson. That was 14 and that was 14 points and um, eight rebounds every single night. Don't care who you're playing against. So there was no letdown on our offensive end, and our defense got higher when the bench came in the game. So they, so everyone can rest at the normal amount of rest. They, they're not playing 42, 43 minutes. It's extremely tired. No, because we got a rotation where, you know what? You got a pretty damn good team of players. Okay, let's, let's switch over to Kobe. Um, how good was Kobe Bryant, dog? Like, this was Colby. This was Bean coming in. Tyshawn took the challenge. His length really bothered him. I remembered it. Colby still kind of got his, but it wasn't It wasn't in flow. But how good was Colby? And game plan-wise, what problems did he present? You know what I'm saying? Like, because like, you oh, look, okay, Mike James going to get to his pull-up. So don't foul him because if you foul him, he gonna you won't be able to guard him, blah, blah, blah. Like, Shaq, don't give up any dunks. Like, how did you game plan for Kobe and what was he like? People, let, let people who don't know realize how good Kobe Bryant was. So it's not that saying we're going to let Kobe Bryant get his, like this is just some Rudy Pooh. It's just like we know we're not going to stop him. But how good was Kobe Bryant? Um, I always tell people, you know, when you try to compare Kobe to Michael Jordan, I always say Kobe was the human version of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a robot. Mm. Kobe was the human version. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. that's the that's Explain. Like, that was the difference. MJ, he a robot. Like he ain't gonna ever be a like, please. <laughs> like stop the comparison. <laughs> but you know what? If there was anything that was similar to him, who took the same approach as him to the game, who prepared, 
who trained like he needed a job and is one of the greatest players in the world ever. You know, he took that approach. So the you it was hard to play against him because they always make the statement, hard work beats talent when talent works hard. So imagine when the talent works hard. Ooh, scary. So Kobe was basically great because of the work that he put in in his game. He was already the greatest player still working at something else. He wanted to be greater than what he mm. was. So you can't stop that type of mindset. When someone thinks like that, when someone works like that, how can you stop that? It's impossible. And he he basically showed you how hard he worked when he was in the game. We got to see his greatness. We didn't get to see the amount of work. We didn't get to see his 5 a.m.s when practice is at 9. We didn't get to see. We heard the yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. We all, everybody, everybody talks about the stories of Kobe Bryant, the 5 a.m., 4 a.m. workouts, the 12 in the morning shots and all of that. But what we only talk about is what we got to see. Well, shoot, man, I, I appreciate your time, Mike. Um, before I get you out of here, man, I think you gave some gems. Um, the one thing I like to do that I want to be better at here on the podcast is educating. You're the one percent of one percenters, bro, to play ball and just to operate at a high level. Um, what advice would you give somebody about? I think you talked about like the chip on your shoulder, your the motor, your why, you know, I, we can feel your energy still here, man. Um, what advice would you give somebody trying to make it to the highest level of their profession of their sport, man? Because you've been able to to do it through your work ethic, through your grind. But how if you could give that piece of advice back? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And if you're a talented person and you work hard, that's going to even take you up even um, further above on the top. And I think that don't so don't focus so much on your um, skill unless you focus on your work ethic. I think we forget to um, we want to play in the games. We want to look a certain way, but we don't want to put the work in to prepare us and get us that way. If we if we had a great ball hand, I look at someone like Kyrie Irving. If you ever watch him do his dribbling drills, Kyrie Irving don't have to do dribbling drills, but at the same time. He consistently does his one finger, two, three, a finger, whatever finger dribbling drills that he do every single day. You know why? Because he expects to play a certain type of way. We want to, we want the talent that we see these athletes have, but we never pay attention to what they do in their quiet places and the hard work that they put in to perfect their skill every single day. And I think that's where the kids have to get caught up in. It's not the games and how good the shot goes in. But how many makes are you making every day? How many dribbling drills are you doing? How many, what are you doing to prepare yourself for when you see someone that has been working as hard or harder than you? You always hold to believe that everyone is working harder than you and you can never not work hard enough. And so as long as you keep that mindset, you give yourself a chance. Good, good work there, man. I, man, I, pre I appreciate that. Yeah, that's short, short and sweet into it. And, uh, and, and, and Mike, man, I'm so blessed to have you out here. Uh, thank you for taking your time. But where can we support you, man? Where can we get behind you uh, and, and, and show you some love right back, man? Let the people know where they can find you. You know, I really want to get back into uh, coaching again and doing individual work. So I think that's something that has been really big on my heart is all the skill and the talent. 
that I have and all the um, knowledge and information that I can um, give to others. It's time now being that, you know, business is starting to be good for me. It's time now to really start investing back into the future of this game as well. Where can where can the people find you if they want to reach out to you? Oh, man. What is it? Who Mike? Who underscore Mike James? Thirteen. Who? Okay. Mike James. <laughs> <laughs> hey, appreciate you, brother. We'll have to get on the course soon uh, and, and tap Let's in, man. It. Thanks for taking your time, man, my brother. Thank man. you. Appreciate you, Ryan. Mike, there's no, there's no way, Mike. There's no way, Mike. We're, we're, we're playing against Miami. This is when I'm in Toronto. And it was the start of the game. And Shaq said something crazy to me. He was like, you bum. Like, but he's talking like, I guess he's trying to intimidate me, but he's talking crazy. And I'm looking at him like, yo, you don't even know me. Like, how you want get to just start talking about me? So now I'm angry, but I'm angry at Shaq. Like, now I'm not even thinking about it no more because I'm sitting there like, yo, this person that this dude just said I am, he going to have to see me on this, yada, yada, yada. So the game is going on. The game is over now, right? We lost. I had like thirty something, but we lost. My team, you know the, you know how the heat um, locker room is. The heat court is where my co- my team went into the locker room. Yeah, yeah. Shaq was at the free throw line, giving his teammates like five. You know the game is over, and he's congratulating. <laughs> I'm standing not close enough to where he can grab me, but close enough that he can acknowledge that I'm in his space right now. And so I'm staring at him for about 30 seconds. I just stood there and I'm looking at him in his eyes. He don't acknowledge me. So I walk (laughs) away. This was probably the toughest walk away I probably ever had in my life. And I'm like thinking I'm tough now. So I had one teammate that was outside the locker room still waiting, but almost like he wasn't going to help me. He was just being nosy, but nobody else, everybody else went in the (laughs) locker room now. Joey Graham. He looks at me. He said, Mike, you was about to fight Shaq? I said, man, forget Shaq. Shaq don't want nothing. Everybody's scared of Shaq, whatever. I'm mad right now. He said just like this to me. He said, Mike, what was your game plan? Like, and, and I, look, look. And I said, seriously, I went. <laughs> I grabbed him in the headlock. I said, listen, let's not give this no energy. Let's go in this locker room. Let's not even talk about this no more, my dude. I was like, I was like, leave it alone. I was like, please, like, please. I was not about to fight Shaq. Like, what the hell was I just thinking? Like, wait a minute. Like, like I was sitting there like, hold on. I was about to fight Shaq. Like, are you serious right now? Like, <laughs> so pretty much if he turned and acknowledged you, there wasn't no game we, plan after that. I had no game plan. Anger. Mad. I'm mad right now. I'm only taking, I'm only taking into this right now. I'm mad. Oh my God. Like, and that was enough. <laughs> but when I came back to reality, and I'm sitting here, man, forget Jack. And he said, Mike, what was your game plan? I said, <laughs> <sighs> 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 oh my gosh. You know what? <laughs> Let's not talk about this no more. Joke. <laughs> Joke on you, buddy. <laughs> just playing. Just playing. Just playing, Shaq. I was just tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
appreciate you guys for hanging out, man. Do not forget, like, follow, subscribe, share the word, whatever. We need the support. If you love this content or there's something you'd like to see more of, or hey, a guest you'd like to see on NBA Rookie Life, shoot us a note. Love you guys. We'll be talking soon. And guess what? i see you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.